Amen. So like Garza said, uh, we are going to push the rest of worship to the end, and we're going to look at uh, where we've been at so far in the last few weeks with our house rules. These are three things that are really important to us, really deep to us. And today, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And the reason we're talking about it is because how we're going to end today is it's better to experience something than it is just to know about it. We know this is true because nobody's ever felt relaxed or fulfilled by reading a book about the beach. Like nobody's looking at the pictures, reading about it. No one cares. You go there and everything is different. You go there, you feel the cold air on your skin. You smell the, the smell of the beach. Uh, you taste the food that's there. You see how awesome it is when you're standing on the edge of the Pacific Ocean. Like everything is greater than when you're there. And so what we're talking about today is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our world. And for us as believers, this is our fuel. This is our everything. So for us today, if you're here and you're not yet a Christian, you're just kind of checking this out from the outside. This is big for you because you get to see kind of the trailer before you get to see the movie. You can see the interesting parts and everything that makes out makes it exciting before we dive into the nitty gritty. And so we're following Jesus in some of his last conversations with people before he leaves earth, uh, before he dies for our sins, before he raises from the dead, just like he said he would, before he commissions a group of people to go out and change the world, which is exactly what happened. And then he ascends back to heaven. This is his last night with his guys. And so the stuff that Jesus talks about, since this is our house rules, it's not all of his bio. It's not how do we answer all these questions? Where do dinosaurs come from? This is Jesus's like last moment with them to answer everything that they need to know in case of a emergency. These are the rules. These are the things that need to not be forgotten. And so he says this uh, in John 14. We're going to read from 15 to 27. It says this. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And since I live, you will also live. When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are those who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. All right, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and there are two huge things about it that impact Jesus followers. If you hear, there's probably some level in your life where you've experienced this and both of these give us direction, give us hope, give us uh, fuel for the world that we're in. And the first one of those is that with the Holy Spirit, Jesus followers are never alone. With the Holy Spirit, Jesus' followers are never alone. We live in a super lonely world. So how does this happen? First reason that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. There's God the Father who created everything. 
There's Jesus who's God with skin on sent into the world to live the way that God would live and to point our hearts towards God. And then after Jesus's ascension, he sends us the Holy Spirit to continue this, this activity of God moving toward his people. Because that's the second thing is the Holy Spirit is God living inside us. Verse 17, Jesus says, you know him. This is the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit because he lives with you now and later will be inside you. You read the Bible. If you're the type to like start in the beginning and read up to this point, this is something that never, ever gets unamazing to me. Because if you read, if you follow the scope of how God works with his people at the beginning of the Bible, he's just kind of the spirit that shows up places. He starts over the water and then he'll just drop in on people. And after that, he gives this one group of people, he says, I want you to build me a tent, build me a place where I can be with you. And it's a tent so you can pick it up and you can move it when you need to move. And so God lives in a tent. After that, the people get domesticated, they settle down. He says, all right, now I want you to build me a temple. It took them 12, it took them years upon years upon years to build their temple. So in comparison, ours is moving really fast because it's only taken us two so far, but God lives in this temple. After that, the temple is destroyed. People are thinking God has left. And then with this, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus saying, they're going to live inside you. This is God getting really close, like way too close. Like that friend of yours who doesn't understand like the three foot, this is how we talk in North America. And they talk like here on you uncomfortably close, but it's God who wants to live inside of you. Yeah who's comfortable with the areas that you're uncomfortable with, yeah. who looks at you and all the things that you say, whoa, whoa, whoa that's, too, that's too close. God says, no, it's not too close for me. It's not too bad for me. It's demonstrating God's love for his people. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is a gift. Jesus says that, I'm leaving you with the gift. We can't argue with Jesus. Also about gifts is nobody deserves gifts. We get gifts as a sign of love. So God gives us the Holy Spirit as a symbol of his love for us. Yeah. And if we read what's about to happen in this story and what, what, how people have treated God throughout the Bible and even into present day, like this is a ridiculous gift. This is a loving gift. Humans killed God. And so how did God respond? Oh, here's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift so that we can follow God and we can love people. Fourth thing. How can we never be alone? We've got a gift. We've got God living inside of us. We also have the Holy Spirit who never leaves us. Verse 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. 18, he says, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. He said, I'm never going to leave you. At this point in Jesus' story, he's like reminding the people over and over again, I'm going to die. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to be buried in a rock and nobody's going to be able to get to me for three days and then I'm coming back. But the Holy Spirit is never going to leave you. There's never going to be a point where it's buried in a rock for three days and you cannot get to it. He's saying, it's going to be better for you that I go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. And one of the reasons that it's good for the Holy Spirit to come is because he's never going to leave us. For some of you, that means a whole lot, that that, that God is chasing after you to live inside of you, not afraid of what he's going to encounter there. And when he gets there, he's never leaving. He's never leaving. Last reason, why are we never alone? It's that the Holy Spirit is a guaranteed result of the resurrection. Verse 20, Jesus says, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in you. 
Jesus starts that presence, that, that statement of this is how you're going to know that God is with you by identifying, by claiming, by staking it upon his own resurrection. He's saying my presence in you isn't tied to how good you feel. My presence in you isn't tied to whether or not you were able to beat that addiction that you've struggled with for six years. It's not based on that. It's not based on how you held, how you held it together in the last conversation with the person who you can't not yell at. Say, no, my presence in you, my validity in your life, my power in your life is based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. That's a rock solid reminder for us that none of us for our relationship with Jesus, we don't stand on just what it says in the Bible. We don't stand on a group of teachings. We don't stand on the way that it makes us feel. We don't stand on what the church says or what this says. We stand on the fact that once upon a time in an area thousands of miles from here, there was a guy who said, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to talk to you the way that God would talk to you. I'm going to demonstrate love the way that God would demonstrate love. And the greatest extent of that is the fact that I'm going to lay down my life to cover your sins. I'm going to die fully dead and I'm going to be buried. And then three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. And then he demonstrated that by doing exactly what he said he would do. And the grave has never been occupied since then. No body has ever showed up. Jesus continues to live. He lives in heaven now, interceding for us. So he hears our prayers and then tells God, hey, this is what my kids are praying. This is what I want you to move. This is how I want you to answer this. And so the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us is tied to that. It's tied to the fact that there's never been a body in the cave since Jesus walked out. He's tying it to his own resurrection. He's saying, this is my proof that you will never be alone. The grave is empty. That means your heart's not empty. So we're not alone. Big deal. What's that mean? What does that mean for us? What does that mean for tomorrow? What does that mean as as we go through life? We're not alone, but also Jesus followers are never done. Jesus followers are never done. We're not alone. God's not inside just temporarily to mess stuff up, to make it, make it better in a snap and then just leave us and we're on our own for the rest of our life. No, Jesus followers are never done. This summer, it's been a moment for us as a culture to look at everything we do and say, okay, how can we get better? How can we get better at race relations? How can we get better at talking to people that aren't like us? How can we get better at demonstrating God's love for people in ways that's actually going to be tangible and is going to impact them and not just some old stale way of life that no longer connects? How can we get better? And so I'm thinking this through and things that we shouldn't say anymore and things that we should do differently and all this. And I was at the dollar store. And there they've got everything translated English to Spanish. And I saw something that really caught my eye. I pretend that I know Spanish. I ask a lot of questions in Spanish that I do not know the answer to. You probably, if you speak Spanish, you've encountered this with me. I will ask you one of my five questions. You will reply and I will just stare at you blankly because I have no clue what you're saying. Like there's a point in my life where I could learn a second language and be bilingual. And that happened like in the nineties. That is not now. So I saw something there and thought, you know what? My translation game isn't that great, but I think we can do better. Uh, Media team has a picture. Let's go ahead. Do we have it? Yes. Okay. That's supposed to be ping pong balls or table tennis balls, right? It's not tennis day table. 
That's like the worst translation ever. That is somebody who's looking at the clock, 4.59. I got one more thing to do before I can go home. What are those? Those are balls for tennis day table. <laughs> Try harder, do better. That's lame. Everybody knows table is mesa. Like even I could translate this. Do better. For us as Christians, the Holy Spirit is inside of us so that we don't look at our life and say, yep, table day, or what is it, tennis day table. Like, so we can do better. So we always have the Holy Spirit inside of us gently because it's God, because it's a gift saying, hey, here's an area where I want you to do better. Here's an area where I have more for you because you are not done. So how does he do that? The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. That's the first thing. Verse 17, Jesus says, he says that exactly. He is the Holy Spirit who will lead you into all truth. Perfect. Done. That's good. Why is that important? Because there's always truth for us to adjust to. There's always truth for us to adjust to. There's an author that I like. He talks about boundaries and how we respond to criticism. And one of the things that he says is if you're a foolish person, you're going to look at the mirror and you're going to blame the mirror. Like there's something wrong with the mirror. This is not the way that I look. This is not who I am. A wise person is going to look in the mirror and say, okay, there's stuff in there I don't like, so I better change. I better change. What the Holy Spirit does is he reminds us of all the areas gently, lovingly in our life where there's truth to adjust to. Secondly, the Holy Spirit's influence grows in our lives as we obey God. It grows in our lives as we obey God. Verse 23, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and we will make our home with each of them. The Holy Spirit's influence grows in our lives. That means there are things that the Holy Spirit does inside of you and me that are gonna change the way that we live. God speaks to us. If you think, man, God never speaks to me. That is weird. I don't want part of that. A really easy way to step into that, to open yourself to that, is to start reading the Bible. This is the book that God wrote. It's the way that God does life. It's God's story from the very beginning to the very end. And this is how God prescribes, how God describes, how God sends us into life to live the lives that he's created for us. This is the first and easiest and clearest way to hear God. And after that, there, there's correction that comes from that. We, we read the Bible, we read things that challenge us in ways that we don't want to be challenged. And so as we correct to that, as we open our lives, as we do things differently, God's voice begins to get louder in our head. Because as we say yes, and as we continue to say yes, God is going to continue to speak to us and to teach us and to lead us into things. Yeah. Thirdly, the, the Holy Spirit teaches us. 26, when God the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. I mean, God the creator has things and ways that he wants us to live. He sends Jesus as the bodily representation of that. Jesus lives, he dies, he rises again, and then he sends the Spirit to live inside of us and continuously teach us. He's internalizing the example. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit reminds us. What's the difference between teaching and reminding? I thought about this week and I got excited about it. What's the difference between teaching and reminding? 26, he says, when the father sends the advocate, he will remind you of everything I told you. What's the difference between teaching and reminding? Reminding isn't new. Unless you totally weren't paying attention the first time, somebody says something about it and you have to play along and say, yes, totally. That's what I was gonna do all along. Absolutely, thank you for the reminder. That's totally what I was gonna do. Okay, for the rest of the time, when we are paying attention, a reminder is, is teaching us something that we already know. So what does the Holy Spirit do as he reminds you and me? 
It's an opportunity for us to get stuff right. It's an opportunity for us to turn from sin and turn to doing life the way that God does. What the Holy Spirit reminding us of shows us is one, that he hasn't left us. First thing is that we have not sinned and messed up our way outside of a relationship with God. He's not done. We're not dead. There's still hope. That's what a reminder is. Is that, yeah, I've told you this before. You could have completely forgotten. But now I'm going to remind you. I'm going to give you a second chance to come back to me. There's a story of a, guy in the, of a guy in the Old Testament who does some heinous, horrible things. And a, somebody who loves God calls him on it and says, you're, you're living a life that's completely opposite of the way that you should, opposite of the way that God has for you. And his first, his first way of reacting to God is, man, I've sinned, God. I've done bad things, but please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. When the Holy Spirit lives in our lives, it reminds us of who God is. It reminds us of the fact that you and I are loved by God. Always have been, always will be. We are loved by God. And the Holy Spirit continues to remind us of that. And lastly, the Holy Spirit gifts us with unfinished obedience. 17, God comes to live in you. The Spirit comes to live and continues to chase after our heart. Just as God chased after people when he was on the earth in the person of Jesus. As he's looking after people, he's calling after people saying, come back to me. The, the gift of unfinished obedience continues to remind us day after day, encounter after encounter, decision after decision, that God's not done with us. Yeah. That our lives, as much as we think that we have messed up, that we have run them off the rails, that not even God could save what I've done. The Holy Spirit reminds us, man, that's not, that's not true. Yeah, yeah. I'm gifting you with unfinished obedience that there is always a tomorrow. There is always a next time. There is always another opportunity to turn from sin and turn to Jesus, to turn from self and turn to Jesus, to turn from doing things the way that you've always done them and take a fresh risk in following Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit because none of us are independently holy. We need the Holy Spirit because it's God coming to live inside of us to fill us with love, to fill us with joy, to fill us with peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control and faithfulness. We don't have those things on our own. So every day we get the opportunity to press into Jesus and experience unfinished obedience. And so for us, for all of us, we choose how we will respond to Jesus who sends us the Holy Spirit. Like I said a little while ago, there's always a tomorrow. There's always another opportunity. The prayer team is going to be on the side over here and they want to pray with you today. They want to pray with you today because God is here and God wants to meet with you. They want to pray with you today because the Holy Spirit isn't done with you. I mean, one of the things that Jesus said while he was on earth to, to a lot of people is turn from your sin because the kingdom of heaven is near, which means that no one's ever that far from God. No one's ever more than one decision from God. And as we gather, as we close today and the prayer team's going to be on the side, they want to lead you into God's presence today. And whatever form that takes, that's up to you. If there's fresh freedom and fresh healing you want from an addiction, they want to pray with you. If you struggle with loneliness, they want to pray for you. If you just need encouragement today, you need the light and hope and joy and fire of Jesus inside of you today. They want to pray with you. If you can experience a word from the Holy Spirit today, how did God, how do you see me today? 
And they want to pray for you today. This is us leaning into the Holy Spirit because he is the one who is God inside of us. He's the one who's changing us from the inside of us to the outside of us. And that's one of our big things. That's one of our big deals. That's how we come to know God. It's not because we're independently holy. It's because God loves us so much that he's gonna move from the temple or from the tent to the temple to Jesus with skin on to inside of you and me. He's comfortable with it. He's excited about it. And he wants to encourage us to meet with us today. Let's stand and pray. And the prayer team, you can move to the side.